morning, people. This is Marcel Gill, a.k.a. Social Introvert, back with you for another episode of the Social Introvert Podcast. So this is season seven. This will also be episode four, I believe. And if y'all were here for the last episode, I spoke on... um, I spoke mainly on uh, Lucifer, you know, all of the gods, um, not all of them, because I don't know all of them, but, you know, the gods that everyone are familiar with, Um, Allah, Buddha, Krishna, Shiva, Yahweh, um, yada, 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 El, Elohim. All of them, Anunnaki, Inki, Enlil, you know, I spoke about them, Um, but the episode is really about uh, how easily misled people are when it comes to uh, their worldview, right? Because when most people have a worldview, um, if something outside of their worldview uses the same word, you know, generally they'll say, well, no, it doesn't really mean that. It means this because this is what my worldview is purported to be, right? And, um, you know, of course the other person would be like, no, that's not what it really means. It means this, yada, yada, yada. So, um, just a little bit of background. Um, what I talked about towards the end of the episode was uh, what I'll be talking about today which is uh, the Christian's version of heaven, right? And the question I asked at the end of the episode was whether heaven was communist. Um, And today, I'm even going to go a step further and say whether or not it was... um, It could even be considered a little bit socialist as well, right? Um, And the only thing we can do is theorize, obviously, this is an imaginary place... Um, and certainly we, we have people who, you know, believe that, you know, when you die, you go to, you know, uh, a a paradise, you can pretty much just do whatever you want to do. And it's nothing but happiness. And, you know, I don't know where people got that from, (laughs) because it's certainly not in the Bible, um, that you go to a paradise where you can just do whatever you want to and you can have all your wishes granted and all this other stuff, right? Um, to be honest, I think if people studied critically about this place called heaven, um, some of them probably wouldn't want to go. I'll just put it to you that way, right? Because, I mean, if you think about it from the basis, um, for those that actually have read the Bible, there's three heavens. There's not just one right um two when people well people in that religion die you don't go straight to heaven you go to a place called sheol which is the land of the dead which again is a greek term similar to hades or um they even call it hades sometimes in the bible and they also call it tartarus in the bible which are all greek mythology uh mythical places of the dead land of the dead so again for those of y'all out there that don't know Christianity is a mixture of various different cultures and religions 
and is is hardly original. Um, Tartarus, Hades, Sheol are all Greek terms that were used in their mythology that, you know, when they created Christianity, they added that in there too. And uh, the land of the dead is just a place where people go to rest. Um, As you're familiar with in the Christian um, theology, uh, there's a judgment day. So people go there and they rest until, um, I guess, this this apocalyptic judgment day at the end of time. Um, those of us outside of the faith uh, don't even believe in time. <laughs> so to us, I guess it would never happen, but to them, I guess it would. Um, and there's a place that they go, and there's a allegedly a giant chasm between, you know, the people who are, you know, at Abraham's bosom um, versus the people who are evil in this land of the dead. There's a great chasm that separates people, which doesn't allow them to actually communicate or reach, you know, the other side. But again, wouldn't make really, wouldn't make any sense um, unless you think that you keep your human body when you die. Obviously, you don't keep your, your human you know, rented body, because that's six feet underground, you know, when, when you pass away. So, um, there, for some reason, there are people who think that you get a new body when you go to the afterlife, and if you're good, you get wings, if not, you don't have any wings. Um, so that's just a little bit of background about where people in the, the Christian religion go, um, when they die. Now, when it comes to heaven, um, Nobody has been to heaven, allegedly, in that religion. I would say that um, Elijah, when he was sucked up in a whirlwind, I would say he went to heaven. And Jesus, when he uh, allegedly died, because I still don't think he died. um, When he died, according to the story, he went to um, the land of the dead and took back the keys from death. And... um, you know, he came back in a few days and whatnot. Um, but he didn't go to heaven either. Um, unless you want to count him transcending on a mount, which isn't even in all of the Gospels. It's not in, it's not in all of the Gospels. Um, and, and obviously it was added much later, right? So we have that part too. But in the original text, there, was no, there wasn't even a resurrection in the original text. Um, but there also wasn't no ascension on the mount with Moses and Elijah either getting caught up in the clouds and, you know, doing whatever. So again, um, depending on what you think about Elijah and Jesus, nobody else went to heaven. They're all chilling in the land of the dead, waiting for uh, resurrection day or judgment day or whatever. So let's, let's actually talk about heaven and what goes on there. So, so one, um, I'm sure everybody's familiar with the scriptures that you know, all your tears and sorrows and pain will be wiped away, right? So uh, a mind a mind swipe, <laughs> let's just call it what it is, um, a mind swipe, right? You don't, you don't remember anything, you don't have no more sorrow, no more pain, no more suffering, yada, 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 right? And where does most pain and suffering come from, right? Sorrow, where does that come from? That comes from memories, right? And you have sorrow, pain, it can be immediate, it can be present tense, or it can be um, past tense, 
And then if you know you got stuff coming up that you're going to have to do it, you can even use future tense, right? Someone sitting on death row, I'm sure they're going to have sorrow because they're, you know, they know their, their days are numbered, right? Or someone who's sick or, you know, uh, getting up there in age or whatnot. So um, when you get to this, this heaven place, you know, you have no sorrow, you have no pain, you have no suffering. So I, I think we all can agree that your memory is swiped clean, right? Um, and there's nothing in the Bible to suggest that you remember anything on earth. So we could, we could just go ahead and say a mind swipe. Um, all memories are clean from your system, all pain, suffering, all that, right? So that's, that's the first thing that happens, right? Um, I, I, I would include the whoever greets you at the gate saying, well done, thy good and faithful servant. We could go ahead and X that out uh, since no one has ever been, right? Uh, nobody has ever been, nobody, <laughs> I don't even know why they even put that in there. Like, who who told them that that was what would be said when you get to this heavenly place? Right? God didn't say that nowhere in the Bible. Jesus didn't say that nowhere in the Bible. Somebody in the Bible just said, when you get there, they'll say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Who told them that that would be said? And, and who actually experienced that? If nobody's ever been, right? If nobody's ever been, how do they know that that will be said? Y'all got a thing. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to X that out. Um, that's impossible to know. Um, and pretty much everything considering heaven and or hell is impossible to know. But we'll we'll continue with the narrative. Um, when you get to heaven, um, you know, allegedly everybody will get a mansion, right? Kind of like Oprah. You get a car, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car, everybody get a car, right? So we we, we have that. Right. Everybody gets a mansion. Um, So that's that's one thing that we can agree happens when you go to heaven. Everybody's supposed to get a mansion. Right. The second thing we can agree on is that there is no longer night in heaven. It's just straight daytime. There's no more night in heaven. Okay. So, you know, again, time is non-existent. There's no nighttime. There'd be no way to differentiate between, you know, a different time period. Okay, that's that's three things so far. We have memory swipe, we have a mansion, and no nighttime. And and just for reference, um, I'm gonna pull it up for you guys. Uh, and. Let me find it. Uh, I'm trying to find a scripture for you all because I know a lot of y'all don't actually read it. Um, (laughs) And I I did mean to say it like that because I I know that um, I know that y'all don't be really reading it. Y'all read, you know, certain parts. Um... But it's Revelations 22 and 5. There will be no need for... There will be no more night in the city and they will have no need for candle because the Lord will give them light and reign over them forever and ever. All right, so y'all could go read Revelations 22 and 5. 
Um, but that's the reference point for the scripture that there will be no more nighttime in heaven. Uh, God is going to be the light that shines, you know, forever and ever as he reigns over, you know, the people who believe in that, that go there. Um, so that's, that's what, four things now? Um, memory swipe, mansions, no nighttime, and, uh, okay, okay, so that's three. All right, so the fourth thing I want to say is that, um, fourth thing. Okay, so we do know that you will worship God forever and ever. Let me find that scripture for y'all as well. Um, Worship God forever in heaven. Scripture. Uh, 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 uh. A Revelation 7 and 9 describes what worship in heaven will look like. Every nation, tribe, and tongue worshiping God before his throne. And that is, I just said it, Revelation 7 and 9. Um, Revelation 7 and 9 tells you that, you know, you'll be worshiping God before his throne in heaven. Um, Revelation 7 and 9. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings and all over. Holy, holy, holy. Uh, um, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, so, okay. Most of these scriptures are in Revelations. Uh, you can read Revelations 5, 9 through 14. Um, so there you have, but again, Revelations was added much later in the text. I believe Revelations was written, I think, in the second century by John of Patmos uh, when he was in exile. Um, but before it was added to the Bible, it was much later on. But again, these uh, these actual timelines are, you know, skewed. But um, anywho. So you'll be worshiping God forever and ever in heaven. Now, okay, so that's four things. Okay, so when we think about uh, communism, let's, let's talk a little bit about communism and why I made that statement. If you know anything about communism, communism means that there's no private ownership, right? So um, if you have a mansion, but you're being reigned over, Right? You're being reigned over. There's no, there's no real private ownership. Like the, you were, you were given a mansion when you got there. If you, if you understand how gifting works, um, even here you still pay a tax on it, right? Got to pay property tax. You got to pay the gift tax, um, and also even with your deed, there's a such thing called eminent domain, where Sorry about that, guys. I pushed the Siri button on accident. But yes, there's a such thing called eminent domain where the government can come and take your land or repossess the land that you live on um, due to a necessity. Sure, they can offer you uh, 
value or fair value for your property but even if you don't take it eventually they can still come in and take it anyway um so yeah that's what i was referring to um when i talked about um private property i guess we could say um again i just finished talking for about (laughs) i just finished talking for about 20 minutes and i pushed a siri button on accident and it erased like the last 20 minutes of me talking so i'm gonna just uh if i repeat something forgive me all right so again uh, we were talking about the private ownership um limited private ownership um i was going down the communist list i'll just do a quick run through uh there's no private ownership in heaven um i don't i wouldn't say it's private um it was given to you and if yahweh is able to see everywhere in heaven um as again i was saying earlier he's in a central place in heaven it's not like while we're here on earth and you know people believe that he's everywhere and nowhere at the same time even though the bible doesn't say that people believe that anyway um but he's everywhere in the bible um and nowhere so meaning like he's right beside me in the bed or you know but also on the couch in my living room and also in my living room and balcony and everything else um we also have the central government part of communism Obviously, there's a central government with him being at the forefront and Jesus on his right hand side. A class distinction It's hard. Yes, there's class distinction because you have Jesus and Yahweh and then you have the angels and then you have the citizens of heaven. So there's a there's there is a class distinction Um, production for basic needs. uh, All your needs will be met. Um, And then you have Karl Marx, uh, who created the doctrine of communism out of the ideologies of Marxism. So, um, I would say for the most part, out of the four staples, I would say, uh, three of the four are met. Uh, again, I don't know how powerful, um, the citizens of heaven are in comparison to the angels and the cherubim and seraphim and all that. Um, and then I'm going to go over to socialism. I'm not sure if I spoke about socialism before, but I'm going to run through the the four staples, I guess you could say, of socialism, which would be limited private ownership, um, which I would say, it's, it's hard to say whether or not it's private or not. Um, again, because we don't know if Yahweh can has x-ray vision, right? Meaning that, you know, we all have, if every, if citizens of heaven have mansions, right? Obviously, they're not clear see-through man well we don't know if they're clear see-through mansions or not but there's mansions all over heaven right and if you live there there's some resemblance of privacy i would assume because um if yahweh is in a central place in heaven on his throne he can't see inside of everybody's mansion so in that regard i would say it's limited but we don't know if there's like security in heaven. We don't know if there's 24 hour surveillance in heaven. So it's kind of hard to say. Um, government and private entities. I would say the citizens are private entities um, or public. Private or public. Hmm. Uh, you're being reigned over. So it could be private 
yeah, I, I would say private. Like it's just like the government here, right? Um, we have some private citizens, we have some public citizens, and we also have the government. So yes, um, and this is on the socialist side again. So there is a government, there are private entities, a limited class distinction. It is limited because there's not that many classes there. Um, I'll just put it like citizens of heaven, angels, God, or Yahweh. Um, production for societal needs. Um, again, all the needs are met already, so there's nothing there. And then you also have Charles Fourier, who is um, the founder of socialism, or I guess we'll just say he's the founder um so yeah heaven seems like it can all be communist and it also seems like it could be socialist um and then also for those out there who believe in these movements um the last thing will be utopia and utopia just simply means um an imaginary place right just means an imaginary place that has nearly perfect um, nearly perfect qualities for its members or or a highly desirable place um, for a society if you and if you believe that um, here here are the four uh, pillars again of what goes on in heaven that we we can I, I I agree we can all agree on as it pertains to what the Bible actually says about heaven. One, the first one is that when you get there you have a memory swipe. Right? All your pain and suffering is gone, all your sorrow and tears are wiped from your eyes. Um and we know that pain, suffering, um, sorrow and all those other things come from memories, right? It could be immediate as well. Right. Uh, so, yes, if everything is wiped from your eyes, no more pain, no more sorrow and all that other stuff is wiped. Um, we, we can assume that there's a memory swipe that happens. You don't remember what happened on Earth. You're just glad to be in heaven. Two, because, um, again, you got to remember. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. Right. So. Um, this idea that our consciousness can transfer to a different vessel in another plane. It, it, it's already starting to sound ridiculous, but let's just let's just go with it. If your consciousness transfers to another vessel, a new glorified body is what some people believe happens. And everything from here is transferred there. Um, you most certainly aren't going to change while you're there. <laughs> right? You're, you're not going to change while you're there. But you're also not going to remember this, right? Because consciousness was transferred to this vessel at some point during your journey here on Earth, right? Obviously, you didn't have consciousness for like your first seven, eight years, right? You might have memories, but memories does not denote consciousness, right? Like, and by consciousness, I mean like the awareness that I am here on earth for a specific purpose that I have not yet discovered. And I do not have the answers to life. Right? I mean it in that manner. So, um, 
yeah, if you if your consciousness is transferred to your body up there, um, then that statement wouldn't make any sense that all sorrow, pain, and suffering would be wiped clean from you, right? Doesn't make any sense at all. So let's just cross that out. So you have a mind swipe that happens when you get to heaven. Two, you're given a mansion. Three, you worship in God or Yahweh and Jesus forever and ever. And four, there is no nighttime. So that means all day long, every, yeah, literally all day long, <laughs> there is no nighttime. So all day long, you're worshiping forever and ever. If that is ideal to you, then congratulations, you now have a utopia. To me personally, that is not ideal in the in the least bit. One, because you you lose your uniqueness. If everybody's doing the same exact thing and everybody's granted a mansion and you're doing the same thing forever, there's no uniqueness there, right? You, you lose autonomy and you lose your uniqueness. I'm a little congested, guys. And you also lose um, independence, right? So that's not ideal to me. Um, two, I, I don't like indoctrination. And that's also what it sounds like happens when you get there. You're indoctrinated um, with uh, a forced worship of, of Yahweh and Jesus for all eternity. Right? Because, again, like I said, people think that when you get to heaven, you, you're like a genie. With, and you could grant all of your wishes and there's just gardens everywhere that you get to enjoy and you can run around and you can play with your friends and meet up with other saints and, and all this other stuff. But that's that's not in the Bible. <laughs> so you could theorize about it. But again, if we're, if we're going based off of just what's in the Bible, because that's what people like to do, right? They like to use the Bible when it's convenient to them and to their ideas. But when there's something in there that goes against their ideas, they like to just kind of like forget it and like hope, hope that that's not true, too. Right. But again, there's nothing in there about meetups and parties. And again, we hear all this dumb stuff. Well, I used to because I used to be at church. (laughs) But you hear all these things about Holy Ghost parties in heaven and the angels rejoicing when you get to heaven and all this other stuff. But again, stuff's not in the Bible where it talks about meeting up with other saints and having conversations and having parties and and all your wishes being granted. And it's just a paradise where you're always happy because it doesn't say that in the Bible either, that you'll always be happy and full of enjoyment while in heaven. So there's that, too. The indoctrination that has been put on people is crazy. But not only that, when you get to heaven and you just worship in 24-7, well, 24 forever, <laughs> and um, no uniqueness, that's indoctrination. 100%, point blank period. It's, it's indoctrination. For you to do exactly what everybody else is doing without question, indoctrination. Three, I like to do what I want to do. <laughs> I want to travel, I want to go to other realms, I want to just explore the universe, right? I don't want to be, again, on a plane where you're oppressed again. But this time, you're oppressed unknowingly, right? Here we have people who claim they're oppressed because their their skin tone and their ethnic background and all this other stuff. But when you get there, 
you're oppressed and you don't even know it. You can't do what you want to do there. And some people's like, well, I'm fine not being able to do what I want to do. You hate being told what you want to do here. And you think going to heaven, you'll be able to you'll be you'll be fine with being told to do told what to do? Makes absolutely no sense. So to me it's not a utopia, it's just another place to go to be oppressed. But this time there is no escape, allegedly. You're there forever. For for eternity. <laughs> and there's no night, so you can't differentiate how long you've been there. And then two, um, again, like I said, there's no uniqueness. We don't know if there's security in heaven. We don't know if there's bands or music in heaven. We just know you're worshiping God forever, Yahweh, forever and ever in heaven. That does not sound like an ideal place to me. Um, A place I would choose over that, I would say, is the field of reeds, which is the Egyptian, well, comedic version of heaven. Or I'll use the Elysian fields because a lot of people don't know about the field of reeds. Um, The Elysian fields is what the Greeks saw as heaven in their mythology, right? Elysian is E. L-Y-S-S-I-A-N and then Fields. E-L-Y-S-I-A-N Fields. Right? Elysian Fields is like paradise for heroes on whom the gods conferred immortality were sent. Right? It's where you enjoy perfect happiness. An ultimate paradise. Right? It was really for heroes, but I assume that if you appease the gods that you believe in, you would be considered a hero. Or if you if you convert people to your your belief system, you would be considered a hero. So that that sounds much more um, desirable to me personally. Right? Because it actually talks about perfect happiness. Right, the Bible doesn't speak about perfected happiness, and and once you reach heaven, it simply does not. I I I wish if anybody finds it, to send me a verse, I'll certainly read it and change my mind. But the Elysian Fields is the ultimate paradise and a place of perfect happiness. It was, and, and Zeus would be the god that that is there at this place. It's a giant garden where you enjoy perfect happiness. And to me, I, I would certainly love to be in a, a garden with perfect happiness. Like, I, I enjoy nature already. <laughs> so, so being in nature, especially in a giant, beautiful, luscious garden, right? And, and in the ultimate bliss, perfect happiness to me is bliss, right? Uninterrupted unfazed happiness that sounds like an ideal place to me right and if I'm in perfected happiness or bliss while traveling through the universe that may be a place that I might never want to leave (laughs) right now if you want to sit here and say you find perfected happiness and just worshiping God 24-7 or 24 forever then cool that would be your paradise for you if we're friends I will not see you (laughs) <laughs> in the afterlife. But, um, again, um, 
that 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 sounds you know like an ideal place for me for me and like I said the field of reeds which would be uh, Aru um, was the Egyptian afterlife it was an idealized vision of one's life on earth called Aru, A-A-R-U. For those of you that want to go look it up, it is a heavenly paradise where Asar rules at, or Osiris, for those of you that know the Greek version. These places seem like uh, a great place, but you got to also understand in Kemetic theology, um, you have to you have to go on a journey in the afterlife, right? So I'll I'll give it to the the Christian theology for the well I won't I can't give it to them because you have to wait till the end of time to get into heaven. As I've stated before, um, you go to Sheol or or Tartarus or Hades um, after you die. You don't get into heaven until Judgment Day, right? In comedic theology, um, Judgment Day is when you die, right? It's, it's not like you go to a place and you wait until the end of time, which is a social construct, doesn't really exist. Um, but you go there for um, you go there for an unlimited amount of, well, an indefinite amount of time until the end of time in Christian theology. But in comedic theology, your Judgment Day is immediately. Your heart is weighed on a scale against the feather of my aunt. And if so, then the son will take you to the father. Haru takes you to Osar or Horus takes you to Osiris. You know, hence where the Christian will get Jesus saying he will take you to the father. Jesus will take you to Yahweh. Uh, Haru will take you to Osar. Um, so long as you lived, a, you know, a good life. But after you're weighed on the scale of Ma'at, you start a long and perilous journey to the field of reeds where you will exist in pleasure for all eternity. Right? So you exist in pleasure. Right? So again, heaven doesn't really talk about pleasure, but if you think about, you know, what the Bible says and stuff, you're supposed to find delight and pleasure in worshiping your God. Right? So again, if your ideal heaven is worshiping your deity 24-7 here on earth, then absolutely going to heaven for you will be your utopia and your paradise and your pleasure. But I also know that there are other things that you all like to do, right? You you going to the beach has nothing to do with worshiping God, right? You spending time with your family has nothing to do with you worshiping your God, watching TV and entertainment, that is vulgar, has nothing to do with you worshiping your God. Now, yeah, you could say, I, I would give that up in a heartbeat, sure. But nobody here likes doing the same exact thing over and over and over and over and over and over again. So again, once you get there and you realize that you're worshiping forever, um, I can see people might start to get bored or tired of doing the same thing over and over again. And with no end, right, uh, I can see people getting depressed. 
And for the people that do get depressed or tired of doing it, who knows, maybe a new earth will be started and a whole new human history gets started all over again. Somewhere else in the universe. But back to Aru, or the Field of Reeds. Um, You go there and you exist in pleasure for all eternity. Hearts heavy with evil tip and fall into the crocodilian jaws of the demon Amit, who, you know, destroys your soul and all this. And this is the second death, you know. The soul is doomed to restlessness and duat. Right? Which is the realm of the dead. So here you have a second death as well. Hence again where Christianity gets the second death from where the prophets and all of those other people are thrown into the lake of fire because there's two deaths in Christianity and Revelation. But anyway, um, but the souls who qualify undergo a long journey and face many perils before reaching the fields of reef. And once they arrive, they go through a series of gates. The exact number of gates varies according to sources. Some say 15, some say 21. And they are uniformly described as guarded by evil demons armed with knives. Aru usually was placed in the east where the sun rises and described as boundless reed fields like those of the earthly Nile Delta that we can all go and see. Um, This ideal hunting and farming ground allowed the souls here to live for eternity. More precisely, Aru was envisaged or envisaged as a series of islands covered in fields of rushes. The part where Osiris later dwelt is sometimes known as the field of offerings. So again, that place seems like, you know, an ideal place. Not the not the long perilous journey to get there, but the the place itself seems like an ideal place of pleasure, right? Pleasure is what we we long for while we live here on earth. And, um, you know, we all love pleasure, right? But when you have endless pleasure and all of your dire, all of your desires are met in perfect happiness and existence for eternity, that again, seems like a place of, um, utopia or a bliss for me, right? Because sure, I'm, I'm sure people who who worship Yahweh would would love to have all of their pleasures fulfilled, right? Which are which are outside of, you know, worshiping Yahweh. Right? Like driving your fastest your favorite car, living in your favorite house, or listening to your favorite music, or, you know, spending time with all of your family members that passed on, or, you know, even protecting your descendants that are still left on this plane right here. Right. That all of that is absent when you go to the heaven in the the Christian Bible. Right. So, again, there there are several other desirable places um, to go to. And even if you are a Christian, there's no way for you to say that um, the field of reeds or the Elysian fields aren't desirable places because there you find perfect happiness with or with or without your beliefs. You find perfect happiness there. Right. And and it sounds much better to find perfect happiness with or without what you believed in versus having to believe in something and that being your your version of happiness. That got a few of y'all, didn't it? 
yeah, perfect happiness. Again, if you have perfect happiness, you are satisfied. You are content. And you can't go below. You can't go below perfect happiness. <laughs> right? You can't go below that. And you're in that state forever. So um, it's ideal to start to try to create that here. I'm trying to create that here too. Right? Because you may not be able to take stuff with you when you leave, but you can certainly pass something on to your descendants. And they can enjoy the same heaven that you enjoyed here on earth. So, that will be the end of this podcast. Um, this was a interesting episode. Um, this is a very interesting episode. Because uh, I, I love uh, mythology. I love uh, imagination. I love the idea of utopias and heavens and otherworldly places like Atlantis and stuff like that. Heavens, field of reeds, Elysian fields, um, perfect bliss and harmony and peace, the ultimate garden, all of these things. I enjoy, you know, studying and, you know, pondering on those things. But um, I absolutely would enjoy to going to those places um, once my life here is up and I go to the next life um, and I and I wouldn't even say Elysian Fields is uh, socialist or communist I would say that everybody is the same in the sense that you all have perfect happiness but you're not all doing the same exact thing and the Elysian Fields is where perfect happiness is and Aru or the Field of Reeds um, you have uh, your pleasure, right? You, you enjoy pleasure for eternity. So again, even there, I wouldn't say it's communist or socialist because everybody's pleasure is not the same. So you now, for, for my Christian listeners out there, you now have three places that you can compare, right? You can compare the Elysian fields um, to your heaven and you can also compare Aru or the Field of Reeds to your heaven. Sure, you could go, there's a lot more information on Elysian Fields and the Field of Reeds and the Elysian Fields are actually based off of the Fields of Reeds. As we all know, the Greeks, after they conquered Egypt, took a lot of their stuff and changed it to fit their own culture and change names and everything else. So the Field of Reeds and uh, Elysian Fields are quite similar, but you can use those as a basis to compare to your heaven and see if Heaven is still a place that you want to go. I mean, even if you could go to the Elysian Fields and still worship Yahweh or Jesus, you know, at least you have a little bit more autonomy and um, a much more clearer structure of what goes on there. Right? It's not like you're doing the same thing everybody else is doing nonstop. You actually have, you actually have um, proof. <laughs> quote unquote, that you'll have perfect happiness or you can enjoy pleasure for all eternity, right? The Bible doesn't say that. So that'll conclude this episode of heaven, whether or not heaven is communist or socialist. And I gave y'all a bonus by giving y'all two other paradises or heavens uh, that you could compare and contrast to see what you like about them, what you don't. Um, this is the end of the podcast. I'm your host, Social Introvert. Y'all can find my products on 
www.linktree.com forward slash Sonetta, S-A-N-E-T-E-R. You can get my first book, Get Rid of Yourself. You can get my second book, Hack Yourself, Design Your Life, or Accept Your Fate. You can also tune into my podcast from there. You can get my stock options volatility course for the ETF SPY. And you can also listen to my song memories on there as well. Until next time, folks, thank you for listening in from all six continents. I don't count Antarctica because not too many people live there, but we need to get somebody out there listening to it so I can say I'm on all seven continents. But again, thank you all for listening. Continue to share with your friends or family. You can find me on Instagram at underscore social introvert. Well, yeah, underscore social introvert. And I am out. Peace.